0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stella Bosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Oh, I know. Um, I mean, we know God knows. And uh, Yesterday morning at 7 o'clock, um, I just looked at the WhatsApp now. Two minutes past seven, Pierre sends me a WhatsApp and he says, I just get this words, 'The um, the Good Shepherd. Uh, I am the Good Shepherd. It just comes up the whole time and I don't know if it's for you personally or for someone else. And I was like, there you have it. Like, what more do we need? We don't need a venue. A venue is just a thing, it's a vehicle, it's a, it's a gathering, uh, it's a place for comfort actually. Um, but it's also a place to say, hey, this is where we're going to be. <laughs> But we have a good shepherd. Um, And it's really amazing to think about that. And just that that word, and and I said to Peter, you don't know how much this means, Um, but it means a lot. Amen. And I was just thinking about it. You know, in Psalm 23, verse 1, it says in the Passion, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. And when the Passion comes up with something like that, you need to check it out. Amen. <laughs> you can't just take it hook, line, and sinker. You need to, to check it out. And I just looked it up and it said, The word most commonly used for shepherd is taken from the root word ra, which is also the Hebrew word for best friend. So the word for shepherd in Hebrew is, is, is from the same root as best friend. Amen. The unique term for shepherd is raweh or lover of the flock. You know, that's what um, what, uh, what David was. That's why God called him to be king. Because he loved the flock well. It wasn't about him. Like, our picture of leadership is very different in that we think, well, it's about the person with the most influence, or the person who has charisma, or the person who can speak up front, or whatever. No, it's really about the person who loves the flock. As the the good shepherd lays down his life for the flock. So this teaches us that a shepherd was not just a responsible overseer, But a caring father figure, tending to his flock out of a deep sense of love. Think about David again. Why would he go and kill the lion and kill the bear? No one knew. It wasn't to write up his CV. The only reason he did that was because he loved the flock. He knew the flock. He tenderly cared for the flock. Amen? Out of a deep sense of love. Shepherds were fierce protectors of their flocks. And Jesus is the fierce protector of his people. Now, I mean, we know this, but do we know this? We've heard that God is a good shepherd, but have we experienced it? Do we know how good that shepherding is? How intimate that friendship is? Remember, 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen I quoted earlier, says, The love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the friendship, the intimate communion and um, fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you always. Now, all of that then speaks of shepherding. All of that speaks of shepherding. It's the protection. It's the love. It's the saving grace. But it's also that friendship, that fellowship, like where, where you know the sheep inside out. You, you smell of the sheep. Luke 15, um, we just read, where the, the shepherd goes and look for the lost sheep. And then he puts them on their shoulders and he carries them back. He doesn't break their bones, by the way. Okay? I know some people teach that. That's not in the Bible. <laughs> I promise you, if I break Jordan's bones, he's not going to come running to me. I wondered who will get that, but anyway. (laughs) Even when they grow back, okay. (laughs) He's not going to run to me, what's he going to do? He's going to run away from me. Amen? The love of the Father is the one who picks up. And when I found this picture, I was like, this is so amazing. Amen? I feel like that little boy sometimes. (laughs) We're just shepherding. We're like just the Son of God, and we, we want to find the lost sheep and our friends and the church, and we want to cater and care, and we, we just want to do it with a smile on our backs, or, 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 with the, some of you on our backs and a smile on our faces. <laughs> <Amen>? <laughs> That's the picture of Jesus. I mean, He is a friend. He's a friend of, 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 of the flock. He is the, the one who paid. Now, we read in John 10, and we'll go through it now, that Jesus said that, um, in, in Acts 20, actually, that he paid with his blood. And then we get weird about the blood. Amen. Christians get weird about the blood often. The blood really just speaks of the life. In the Old Testament, they were not allowed to eat the blood or drink the blood because it says the life was in the blood. Now, we know how we read the Bible is we bring all of it together, so whatever we bring into the new, we need to get from the old. So if Jesus paid with his blood, it means he paid with his life. He laid down His life. Because what does a good shepherd do? He lays down His life. And Jesus on the cross bled out, laid down His life. Not just for His glory, no, for us. I think what someone said it this morning, His love is not just for love's sake, it's for us. He laid down His life for us. A good shepherd doesn't just lay down His life, He lays it down for the flock. Amen? So that He can pick up the flock. And so that He can... Almost laid myself down on the altar here. So let's go to John 1. John 1, and I'm reading the ERV. We'll jump into King James and some others. From verse 1, John 10, sorry, verse 1. Jesus said, It is certainly true that when a man enters the sheep pen, he should use the gate. If he climbs in some other way, he is a robber. He is trying to steal the sheep. But the man who takes care of the sheep enters through the gate. He is the shepherd. The man who guards the gate, opens the gate for the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice of the shepherd. He calls his own sheep using their names, and he leads them out. Isn't that beautiful? God knows your name. Amen? He knows the number of hairs on your head. He has intimately intertwined and interwoven with you. He is concerned about you. Not just how you are, but who you are. So think about that. God does not just care about how you're doing. He cares about who you are. Who you're becoming, how you're growing, what you're seeing, what you're worried about, what you think about. Um, the other day, it was so sweet, Jordan came and he sat next to me. Now, Jordan is not even three. He sat next to me on the couch and he said, Papa, what's your dog?" I couldn't answer. I was like, and he said it so sincerely. He really, he he cared. And you've probably heard that Natasha asked me that. So, for him, that's just sort of saying, "I love you." Amen. And that's what God wants to say. Hey, how was your day? And we think He knows. So why would I tell Him? But He wants to see and hear and commune and have fellowship with you. He wants to hear how you perceived it. Amen. The Word says that we get to know Him as we are known. So God doesn't need to get to know you better. (laughs) He knows all about you. For some of us it's a good thought, for some of us it's the most scary thing ever. (laughs) Yet He still pursues you. He still wants to be with you. He still loves you. He still picks you up and carries you around. Amen. He leads them by their names and He leads them out. Verse 4 says, He brings all of His sheep out. Then He goes ahead of them and leads them. The sheep follow Him because they know His voice. Amen? So we know when we're going out from here today, when we're going out as a church, when we're going finding a new venue, like we're just following the shepherd. amen. We know Him. He knows us. He knows what we need. And sometimes He leads you out, and sometimes He leads you in. amen. And that's called faith. What is faith? I believe faith is hearing from God and doing what He says. Amen? Holding on to that word and making sure that word is according to the word. Amen? (laughs) Faith is hearing the gospel. Amen? And getting saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Amen? Then it's the faith of Christ who saves us. When we hear the gospel, faith is stirred in our hearts. How does faith come? By hearing the word. Not the Bible, the gospel. So how can people believe unless they hear they cannot believe unless they've heard the gospel. You know when I really believed? When I heard the gospel. <laughs> when I heard that God is not holding my sin against me, that God is not ever going to put up this big screen with all my sins and all the wrong things that I've done in heaven and then going to decide how many rachmerkis or sterekis I have and like how this balances out. That is the most fearful thought that you can ever think of. But that God that we serve, the God that we serve, says, I keep no record of wrong. As far as the east is from the west, so far I've removed your sins from you. Your sins and your iniquities, I will remember no more. There, I've just given you three verses that count as that thought. So even if we remember our sins, He doesn't. Now we come with our little trailer of of, of bad feelings and things we've done wrong, and we want to bring it to the altar, and God says, why are you reminding me of things that I've forgotten about? If you want to be more like God, forget about your sin. Because He's forgotten about it. Amen. If you want to be more godly... Forget about your sin. <laughs> Forget about your iniquities. Move on in life. Amen. Hebrews 12 says, Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. Now, I mean, stop sinning. Yes, that's good. <laughs> but it's not just meaning that. It meaning stop. Sin is not the problem here. <coughs> sin is not the victory. Sin is not the challenge. Sin has been overcome. Oh, death, where is your sting? It's been swallowed up in victory. We looked at it the other day. When the Moses laid the snake down and the, 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 the false teachers put the snakes down, what happened? It was swallowed up in victory. Amen? Oh, death, where is your sting? You know what the strength of sin is? Christians. <laughs> Christians who bring the law. That's the problem. Amen? So that's what um, Christus said to us when what he picked up in Solaris Pass. It's not gangsterism that's killing Solaris Pass. It's legalism. Because the more we preach legalism the more we're sending sin to the gym. So sin is just becoming stronger and stronger. Rebellion kicks in people's hearts and they say, I cannot ever measure up, so I'm not going to try. I was there. (laughs) That's when I got saved, amen. When I was rebellious, when I was making bad decisions, when I was saying, I cannot do this. And then I realized, I really cannot do this. And I said, Lord, no. I I, I want you to please save me. (laughs) Help me, like... I cannot do this. Guess what? I'm forgiven. I was, the shepherd put me on his shoulders. said, we're going to take you back home. We're going to clean you up nicely. We're going to have a party. Amen? And now we're going to, we're going to equip you. Now we're going to disciple you so that shepherds can, uh, sheep can become shepherds. Think about it. As we, we we're all born again sheep, but we need to mature into being shepherds, being fathers. Becoming friends with people. Laying our lives down. Opening our homes. Sharing our life. Amen? Now, I shared this with our leaders a few times already, but John 10.5 says, A stranger will they not follow. A stranger will they not follow. We need to be known of each other. We need to do life and fellowship and community. Because people will not follow strangers. But if we get to know each other, That's why we say, hey, we've got a family meeting. We're not doing it in secret. We're not doing it after the service. This is who we are. This is our issue. This is is a family matter. Amen? And we're all in this together so that we can follow leadership. They will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Jesus told the people the story, but they did not understand what it meant. How many times in the Gospels do we see that? Now, guess what? You have a spiritual enlightening. You have the holy spirit who leads you and guides you into all truth if you're born again after the outpouring of the spirit so you can read the parable but don't make something of a parable that jesus didn't meant or intend in the parable i'm going to say that again people love to teach parables but you can only teach from a parable what jesus meant when he taught the parable okay and he often tells us exactly what he meant because he says then now he explains it to them so <coughs> verse eight All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. So he's not just talking about the devil. We love John 10.10. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. It's true. But we give the devil much more credit than he's due. I'm going to preach on that soon, I think. You are aliens and enemies in your mind. You are deceived in your mind. Amen? The deceiver of old. You have the power, he deceives you to use that power and to use it either good or not good. So those who came before me, those who did not enter through the gate, Jesus is the gate, but the sheep did not hear them. He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. You know what's very interesting here? Where is pasture? It's out. We come in, we gather, we grow, we equip, and then we go out, but the posture is not here. The posture is when we go out. He leads you to green grass and still waters. Yes, you need to come in and let's huddle and let's equip and let's hear how your week was and let's pray and let's share a word, but the, real, the, the joy of Christianity is not found in a gathering. We need the gathering. That's where we gather. There's a shepherd, there's a chief shepherd, there's a king shepherd. There's all these words that speaks of Jesus, and we're just following him. We're imitating him because he's imitating the Father. And now we need to go out, and the chief shepherd leads us out, and now we find pasture when we go out. That's why a lot of people sit in ministry schools, Bible schools, and churches, and they never live the fullness of what God intended for them. Because the fullness of what God has intended for you is not found in here on a Sunday morning. It is found out there when you share the gospel. Because guess what? It's more blessed to give than to receive. And that's not just speaking about finances, by the way. It's the gospel. It's share the gospel. Share the truth of Jesus, of forgiveness. The word posture there says, He shall know what the needful supplies is for the true life. That's the word posture, if you break it down from the Greek. That which brings growth and increase. You know, discipleship really is apprenticeship. We think discipleship is sitting and praying and reading the word. Yes, it is. But you need to apply the knowledge. Amen? You need to apply the knowledge. You need to go out and join us on Wednesday when we go on mission. You need to share with your colleague about the goodness of Jesus. You need to pray into your family situations. You need to do what Christi did, being an MC at a family birthday, and like standing up boldly for truth. And saying, God did not steal or take any of these uncles and aunts who's not here anymore. Was just, that was brave, man. <laughs> My heart was proud. I was like, man, that's what we need to do. For God is not the author of death. Amen? He didn't do that in church. It was a family gathering. He embraced the awkwardness. Amen? <laughs> I love it. And watch what. People spoke to him afterwards and they were set free. If we're not going to be bold as lions, people will not be set free. Amen? you know what a lion never comes into the sheepfold. No, he does. But a lion doesn't come and and a lion doesn't need protection when they sleep, because everything else is afraid of the lion. So we are sheep, but we're also lions. Amen. We should be bold as lions. The righteous is as bold as a lion i don 't care what people' are going to say. I know the truth. I know I care so much for these people that i 'm going to embrace the awkwardness and i 'm going to share with them the truth of what they need to hear and then they must do what they want amen that 's the true reality of Christianity. The word pasture there means what we need, what supplies not just life but true life. We need pasture, we need a resting place. We need a place where we, as a church family can come together to eat, to feast on the word, to be refreshed. In all that God has for us, but we need that so that we can go out and make disciples of all nations. Amen. The church is not a building. The church is a gathering of people, a community, a movement that's on mission together to reach the lost. Amen. With the unconditional grace of our Lord Jesus, the Good Shepherd leads us in and out. Some people just want to be led in. Like, oh Lord, I need protection. The world is rough and, and the scoffed, like, Lord, help me. <laughs> if you need that, God's going to bring you in. Amen? He's going to take you under His wing and he'll, he'll protect you. But He wants to grow you up so that you can be part of the family business. Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? It's more blessed. Amazing, ama- amazing, 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 amazing as it is to get saved. I mean, I'm never the same. Like, <laughs> I've, been, I've been changed. If I stand in worship or thankfulness, I just think I'm saved. I could have been in such a different dark place today. But I'm saved. I'm growing in truth. I'm understanding more of God. I know His goodness. I've got answers for people who's looking. I'm living in the abundance of, 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 of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I could have more things, but what are things? I was watching this series with my wife, and um, this guy went fishing. And he had nothing. He just lost his job. He's down and out. He had a bad upbringing. And like, he's really like in poverty. And one of his friends says, let's go fishing. And he gives him this very fancy fishing rod. And this guy's like, he comments like, well, he's never touched something this nice. And um, and another guy, he's got a few. And he gives him one. And they stand there, and they're just having a chat. Ladies, if we want to go fishing, it means we just want to be in our nothing box. okay? <laughs> we're holding something that makes it as if we're doing something. But... We just like fishing. And then, <laughs> it's like Peter. He said, "I go fishing." And then Leave me alone. <laughs> and what happens is, he—it's um, it, it, based on a true story actually—and he—it he, gets stuck in the reeds, the lure, and he—he he pulls and he pulls too hard, and he breaks this this very fancy fishing rod. I mean, he's just lost his job. He's got no money. He's far from home, and you can see the fear on his face. And he turns to his friend, and he's like. I'm so, so sorry, Like I've messed up, I can't repay this, I'll repay one day, I don't know. And the guy looked at him and says, "Like it's just a thing. And he looked at him and says, like, it's just a thing, don't worry about it. He said, what do you mean? He says, it's not a person, it's not a relationship, it's just a thing. And this guy shares how oh, that really was a, a lesson that he's learned in life, that, that things are just things, things come and go. The church is not about things, Amen. It's not about the chair we sit on or the big TV, like Jordan called it this morning, um, that we have. I'm like, yes, buddy. (laughs) It's not about the things. It's about the people. It's about the relationships. It's about the mission. It's about God in us, God among us. Amen? Where two or three meet together in my name, there must be the greatest coffee and the biggest smoke machine. No. No. There I am, amen, in the midst of them, in between them, among them. We are one with him, like he is with us. Like We are so intertwined that we do not know who is who. Who is Harman and who is God when I speak to him? Because God is speaking in him and God is speaking through him. God was speaking through Pierre to me this, um, yesterday morning. And you know what? Pierre and I are blessed for it. He who gave and he who received. And today, you all get a message that was birthed from that place. I wasn't sure what I'm going to share on. I was still praying about it and thinking, how do you sort of bring what we need to bring over today? And uh, the Good Shepherd. I mean, you can think, yeah, it makes sense, and it does, but it's supernatural. Amen? It's supernatural. And it shows you how we, as a family, and like Marna said, the treasure is walking around us this morning. A thief has only one thing in mind he wants to steal. Slaughter and destroy, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Amen? That life is Zoe, it's the Spirit. God gives us the Spirit until we overflow spiritually. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. But the worker who serves only for wages is not a real shepherd. Because he has no heart for the sheep, he will run away and abandon them when he sees the wolf coming. And then the wolf mauls the sheep, drags them off, and scatters them. I mean, that's quite vivid. (laughs) We are not called to lead you for a salary. We are called because we are called. Amen? We are leading this family Shane and Marna, myself, Natasha, the other campus pastors. Because we know we've been called. Amen? We haven't been appointed necessarily in the sense we've been ordained. We haven't, we, we, we haven't signed a contract. I haven't shared this with many people, but someone phoned me a few years ago and said, Listen, I hear you're such a good pastor. And uh, we have a vacancy, and it's going to be a paid position. And, it's, and you know what? The flesh was like, Sure, okay? And it wasn't a few seconds in. I said, Sorry, sir. I'm just going to stop you there. I know where I'm called, and it's not there. So let's not waste each other's time, because I'm called to grace life. Okay, so I want to share with you that no matter what happens, like, we are here. <laughs> We're in this for and with you. Amen? We, we, we are laying down our lives, and more and more of the leadership, as they're maturing, I can see, are laying down their lives. Yesterday, a bunch of them started packing up and getting things ready for our move, And the first time, Natasha and I, we were getting photos, and we weren't here. You know what? That's a sign of growth. That's a sign of of, of more people laying down their lives, and more people catching the vision and the mission and saying, listen, it's not just all about Shane and Marna and Peter and Natasha. This is us. There's more shepherds, and as we see more shepherds, there's more life groups, and there's more growth, and there's more health, and there's more ministry. Amen? Amen. We all need to do more ministry. So ministry is serving, serving people, serving the word, healing, bounding wounds, cleaning wounds, getting into the mess of life with each other. You don't need to come here and be squeaky clean. Amen? We'll help you clean you up. Amen? Like God didn't, the father didn't clean up the, the prodigal. And the prodigal wanted to only come and work for him. But it's not how it works. He covered his shame. And then he took him for a bath, I'm sure. Hey, buddy, come. Sure. Remember, they didn't even eat bacon, so you know. Just come as you are. Amen? This is family. This is us. This is the flock. And we belong to Jesus. Amen? The word good for, for shepherd there in Greek is kalos. And it actually means beautiful, virtuous, excellent, genuine. Isn't that good? Jesus is the genuine shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the beautiful shepherd, He's the virtuous shepherd. He's the excellent shepherd. He is the better shepherd. Amen? Hebrews 13:20 says he is the great shepherd, And 1 Peter 5, three says that or four says he is the shepherd king. I mean last week we sp- spoke of, about the cloud of witnesses, and, and you need to now go through the Bible, but you see, the shepherd thing is really on God's heart like he picked David as the shepherd king to be a foreshadow of Christ to come, who is the true shepherd king. He is the chief shepherd. He is the one who's willing to lay down his life. Amen? To tackle the, the bear, to tackle the lion on your behalf. Listen to Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? <laughs> You're not at peace? Just think about the fact that Jesus is risen. Nothing else should really like matter. It says here, He brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. So if life gets too much, if anxiety, financial pressures, whatever gets too much, just meditate on that. Jesus is risen. Amen? Jesus is risen. So that He would be the great shepherd. So He was risen so that He could be the great shepherd of His flock. And by the power of the blood of the eternal covenant, may He work perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. Not all that you want. Amen? Not all that you lust after. No, all that you need to fulfill your destiny. We need a venue to fulfill our destiny. God knows that. Amen? We're in good hands. And may He express through you all that He's excellent and pleasing to Him through your life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. That's so beautiful. If life gets too much, meditate on the fact that you are one with God, one with His Son, forever in eternity. 1 Peter 5 verse 3 says, Don't be controlling tyrants, but lead others by your beautiful examples to the flock. But when the shepherd king appears, you will win the victor's crown of glory that never fades away. If we just go to verse 1 there, it says, Now I encourage you as an elder, an eyewitness of the sufferings of Christ, and one who shares in the glory that is about to be unveiled, I urge my fellow elders among you to be compassionate shepherds. This is what we discussed in our leadership meetings. We're not controlling tyrants. We need to be compassionate shepherds. Why? Because we follow Him. That's what Jesus is. Jesus is not a controlling tyrant. He is a compassionate shepherd. And we want to imitate Him. We care for God's flock. And we feed them well. For you have the responsibility to guide, protect, and oversee As a leadership, we have the responsibility to guide, protect, and oversee. You know why? Because it's Jesus' responsibility. The chief shepherd has a responsibility to guide, protect, and oversee. So we say that we know, he knows what we're doing, where we're going, and what we need. (coughs) We just need to find it. Amen? Because why? It's his responsibility. That's what I shared on Wednesday night. This is Jesus' church. I'm overseeing it. Amen? You might not like that idea, but that's how I see you. <laughs> you don't belong to, to, to any person. I haven't bled my life out on a cross for you. I'm laying my life down as much as we can, probably. When, like, but there's always more that we can do and give. Jesus has given it all. We we'll look at it now in, in Acts. Consider it a joyous pleasure and not merely a religious duty. Lead from the heart, under God's leadership. Lead from the heart. Under God's leadership. Not as a way to gain dis- uh, finances dishonestly. But as a way to eagerly and cheerfully serve. Jesus said in John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Then he speaks about the hireling. But now I want to go to verse 16. Where we say that this shepherd actually leads us on mission. He doesn't just take care of us. He's taking us somewhere, because he says, I have other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also must I bring, and they will hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. See, so we as sheep are going with the shepherd to bring the other sheep who's not yet part of the flock into the flock, so that there can be one flock and one shepherd. Now in context, he's speaking of Gentiles. Amen? If you look at the next chapter, he says that he didn't come to die only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too. But if we apply that today, is we need to be of the Father's business. We send the shepherd to find the missing sheep. So we get to share and find and search and save those who are lost. Amen? Because that's what the chief shepherd is about. So if we want to be of our Father's business, that's what we'll be about. One fold, one shepherd. Acts 20:28 20, says says, Take ye therefore to yourselves... And to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you an overseer. So you're an overseer as a leader. You're not a controlling tyrant. Amen? We have a responsibility to feed. The word feed there can also be translated shepherd. The church of God which he has purchased with his blood, with his life. Amen? So we can lay our our challenges at the feet of the chief shepherd. 1 Peter 5, 6. We go back there. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that He may exalt you to a place of honor in His service at the appropriate time. Verse 7 from the Amplified. Casting all your cares. Listen now. All your anxieties. All your worries. All your concerns. Once and for all. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we need that amplification because we read over it too quickly. If you have any worries, any concerns, any anxieties, God the true shepherd invites you to once and for all lay it down. Amen? Give it to Him. Why? Because He cares for you and about you with the deepest affection and watches over you carefully. God is concerned about what is concerning to you. Amen? We don't need to be so holy that we don't have these things, but we can be real. Amen. And when we're real, we can say, hey, Dad, I have a problem. Hey, Dad, I have a worry. Hey, Dad, we have a situation. Hey, Dad, I know you've got the solution. Amen. That is humility. Pride is, I'll sort it out. I don't need anyone. I don't need to speak to leadership. I've got this. That's pride. God gives grace to the humble. Those who say, hey, I don't have it all together. Might look like it, might feel like it. I might have everyone around me, um, not confused, but uh, hoodwinked. Everyone might think, I'm all together. God knows what's really going on. Amen? He called the Pharisees white plastered graves, full of dead men's bones. I love it. (laughs) Why? Because they were creating a perception of holiness that wasn't true. And they put pressure on that, on the people, saying, Hey, you need to be as holy as I am. Where in effect, they were actually dead. Why? Because they were not going through the gate. They were not going through Christ. They were stealing sheep over the fence. They were thieves and robbers, putting heavy burdens on people. I mean, Jesus said that's not how the true shepherd works. He lays down his life, he watches over us carefully. Now, I'm bringing this to a close. Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two says, Cast your burden upon the Lord, and He will sustain you. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden. See, this is not a new thing that um, Peter comes up with. It's rooted in the Old Testament. It's rooted in, in, in the Psalms already, that we can cast our burdens on the Lord. Now, we probably can't share on the Good Shepherd without going to Psalm 23. Amen? So we're going to close just with psalm 23 but we come to psalm 23 from a new testament perspective amen from the reality of being one with the spirit one with god it says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want if you are wanting and you're lacking either you're not having god you haven't become one with him or you don't know what happened when you did because hebrews 13:5 says be content with what you have because you have the reality of Christianity. You have the prairie presence and spirit of God in you. Who will never leave you nor forsake you. So we don't come to Psalm 23 and say, I don't have my Ferrari yet. And I'm still living in a two-bedroom flat. And like, I'm not living on the right side of the, the, the railway. No, we don't come to it like that. Because it is not about that. It is about a spiritual truth. It is about being one with God and living from His presence. And now letting that presence out into the world. Verse 2 from the Passion says, He offers a resting place for me. in His luxurious love, His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brooks of bliss. Again, I'm just sharing with you this morning, if you're not experiencing pasture, oasis, green grass, still waters, I believe it's because you're not going out. I believe it's because you're not taking the message out, because you're not living in the more blessed part. It's blessed to receive, it's more blessed to give. It's blessed to have the um, to feed on hay in, in the stable, amen. <laughs> or in the in the manger. But it's it's it will sustain you, but it's not green and fresh. So you can come here and come here and we'll feed you, equip you, but we need to go out and find the juicy stuff. Amen. The true reason that we get up in the morning to be one with God in the world. I send you out to most. Sheep among wolves. Amen? Like we are sent out as sheep. And come in and and find your resting place, but let's go out again. Because the quiet brooks are bliss and the pastures are out there. That's where He restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in His footsteps of righteousness to bring honor to His name. The word says here in the Hebrew that He causes my life or my soul to return. I mean, so often life drains us. um, Many things that we're busy with. Many activities, always rushing to the next thing. But David found that God restores our well-being. God restores our focus. God restores our soul. Now, as New Testament believers, we know that our spirits are forever one with His. But our hearts, our souls, our, our thinking, we need to... Continuously have that washed by the water of the word and refreshed, and the good news does that for us. We pursue what pleases God and we rest in Him. Here is the greatest rest that you can ever have. Amen. You can go to Mauritius and come back tired, and you can go to your prayer closet with Jesus and come back refreshed. And He's not going to ask you to swipe your credit card for it. Verse 24, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Not because there's no troubles, no, because God is with me. Because I'm one with Him, His presence, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my cup overflows. You see how that links with John 10. I want to fill you, give you abundance until you overflow, until your cup overflows. It comes from uh, Psalm 23 already. So, why would I fear the future? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then, afterwards, when my life is through, I will return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. You see, the psalmist there is longing for what we have. He says, at the end of my life, I'm going to get what I'm actually looking for. Where we live now in the New Testament reality is we are living every day in the fullness or the perfection of what was promised according to Hebrews 11. So we don't live that God is stretching us down every day. No, God has found us. Where we go, He goes. Where He leads, we go, man, because He's going with us. So the Good Shepherd will never leave you and never forsake you. Amen? Amen. He has laid down His life. He doesn't need to prove His life. He has laid it down already. So the good shepherd is the one who lays down his life. True love is this. What is true love? That you lay down your life for a friend. Shepherd. Friend. The shepherd has laid down his life for us. Amen? Let's stand. Then we can pray. Father, thank you for your your goodness. Thank you that we can be shepherded. That we can be part of your flock. That we can be one with you. That we know that we are never ever alone. That you don't need to prove... That you love us because you have proven it, Father. The love of God towards man has appeared. And now the Holy Spirit gushes forth the love of God in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that we can just become aware of that, aware of your presence, aware of your oneness, your care, the way that you want to guide us and lead us and feed us and protect us. Thank you, Father, that we are compassed about. That means that we are totally protected on every side. You know, the only really thing that God cannot protect you with is your thoughts. You need to take your own thoughts captive. God is not playing in that domain. And then you bring that thought unto the obedience of Christ on the cross. You say, is this thought in alignment with the new covenant reality? Is what I'm thinking now, fearing now, worried about, how does this measure up to what Jesus did on the cross? How does this fear measure up to the fulfillment and the finished work? Where Jesus died was risen, ascended, and poured out His Spirit. You see, if we live in that reality, then we know the Good Shepherd is only good. (laughs) And not only is He good, He's chief, He's king. He's the shepherd king, and He is the one who's going to reign forever. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will forever be by your side, in you, speaking to you, leading you with promptings and, and direction as the Holy Spirit does. So, Father, right now, we just want to become aware of your presence. Your word says, your sheep hear your voice. Your sheep hear your voice. The word says, he calls you by name. He calls you by name. There's eight billion people in the world today, maybe more, God knows your name. Think of that. Not only does He know your name, He knows how many hairs is on, the, on your head. So Some of us, it's more than others, but... That's not the point. The point is He's intimately interested in you. Thank you, Father, that as we go into this week, we know that we're not going alone. We know that you are leading us and that we're going to, if we follow, going to find good pasture. We're going to find what we need for growth, for increase personally, to build endurance and faith. Patient in the waiting. One with you, one with your spirit. And about the Father's business. Finding the lost sheep. Sharing the gospel, bringing them home. Making disciples. We know that you are not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And the knowledge, the fullness of the truth. I just believe today this message should stir some of you to say, okay, I, I thought I was going for it, but I'm going to go for it more. I thought that I'm like doing it maybe two days a week, but I want to do this as a lifestyle. And I want to really say, go for it. <laughs> Don't wait for me. Don't wait for God. God has invited you. To go out. And you'll see that it's more blessed to share the gospel. Because if you see the light go on in someone's eye. And you are part of that born again experience. Where you bring the goodness of God. The forgiveness of their sins. The true essence of the purpose for their birth. To be one with God. And they get it. There's a party happening on the inside of you. And you cannot stop it. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website